This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Welcome back, Investor Mindset Nation. We have another fantastic episode today. I am always excited, but you know that. You're going to hear it again when I intro the episode. But I want to talk about today's episode with Kathy Fetke, which is going to be talking about how to have the right mindset, eliminate some of those limiting beliefs, and really start viewing money in the right way. Uh, Kathy is very experienced. She's done some incredible things, and she is passionate about personal development mindset. So we get really deep and dirty into kind of how she thinks about it. And she is a powerful investor and a powerful, inspiring woman. She inspired me. So before we jump into that episode, I have to ask you like I always do. I know a lot of you guys have and thank goodness for it, but please go drop us a five-star review on iTunes. Write us a quick little note letting us you know what what you thought about it so that we can keep trying to driving down that path. And if you loved it, please share it along with a friend. You know, hit that subscribe button on YouTube, watch some of these short clips and let us know what you'd love to hear because we're doing this for you. We're doing this to continue to grow personally and we want to help other people contribute to their path. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am really excited today. Once again, we have another incredible guest. Kathy Fetke joins us in the studio. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing awesome. I'm doing really good. I'm really excited to have you because Kathy Fetke is a nationally known expert, author, and frequent guest on CNN, CNBC, Fox, NPR, and so many more. She specializes in teaching people how to build multi-million dollar real estate portfolios through creative financing and planning. And she's learned firsthand the emotional toils that the highs and lows of the cycle can bring, which is why she's built the Real Wealth Network to help bring people together and educate people in real estate in the right way. And we're really excited to have you on the show. And um, you ready to get started? Absolutely. So you've been able to help thousands and thousands of people get started in real estate, get their life on track to live in financial freedom. And I know a little bit about your story. And I know that, you know, in my eyes, I think, hey, this woman, she's hit some serious success. She's living, living the good life. But why don't we take a look back, kind of uh, what events or influences from your childhood shaped you are today? Oh, such a good question. And um, I just grew up in a great family. I have uh, four other siblings and a mom and dad who stayed married. And uh, we, you know, our my dad was a dentist, but he had five kids. So we never lived a life of of physical wealth. We, you know, he, there mm-hmm. were too many of us, too many colleges to pay for. Yeah. Um, so we never had a fancy car and we never really had a fancy house, but we had each other. And, and I really learned uh, to me, what matters most is uh, creating a life that you love, um, whatever that looks like. It doesn't necessarily have to do with money itself, but money can help you create uh, that life that you want. It's just too often people haven't really defined what a great life means to them. Yeah, way too often people don't really know what purpose they're doing all this stuff for. And then they get kind of to the end of the road and they're like, well, wait, what the heck? This is all there is? And it's because they were going down a road, but they didn't really know why they were going down it. Yeah, I mean, Rich and I have um, been through a lot. We we got really hit hard in 2008 from the housing recession then. We had about a $5 million portfolio and that just... Um, 
you know, that just melted before our very eyes in, in just a few weeks. So it was a very difficult Yikes. time. And I remember we were hiking together on the very same trail that we hiked on when we had $5 million. It was, uh, nothing had changed and he was still my husband and we still have our beautiful mm -hmm. children. And it was just this awareness of nothing's really changed. This, we'd still be doing this hike with each other. And he said to me, you know, now that we've lost everything, well, now we can go on that surf trip. Just get in a van and <laughs> go surfing. <laughs> um, so it's it's just all about coming down to the essence of what matters. And a lot of times when you figure out what that is, then the rest falls into place. So for example, I had a, a client come to me and all he wanted to do was be an artist. He didn't want to be a multimillionaire. He just wanted to be an artist. And to him, that was the real definition of wealth, is to have enough time in his life to do his art and not worry about other things. So I sat with him and said, well, what's that going to take? I mean, what kinds of things do you need to cut out? What finances, do you, you know, how do you need to cut back on your finances? And how much do you need for your basic expenses so that you can have a wealth of time. And he he figured it out. He could live on, I mean, this was probably 15 years ago, but he could live on mm -hmm. about $4,000 a month. Um, not fancy, uh -huh. but he had the wealth of freedom. So we were able to set up and reorganize his, uh, his assets so that he could have uh, $4,000 a month passive income. And he was able to attain that and, 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 achieve that goal of his, of, of pure bliss and happiness on what others might think, well, that's not that much money. But, but all of a sudden when you freed up your time, it's a lot of money, you know? That's a, that's a huge, that's a really big idea. I feel mm -hmm. that, you know, a lot of folks that I talk to that are maybe outside of our space mm -hmm. and even a lot of folks within it, you know, they haven't really defined what it is that they want and why they want it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you can get really clear, right, I think you were really fortunate. You had some great models um, growing up of a family that was mm -hmm. loving and together and you might not have had an unlimited uh, amount of wealth, but you had each other. And it sounds like yep. that's been a core piece of your life, no matter what challenges you run into, yeah. you keep those people you really care about close. And uh, that's what kind of gets you through those hard times. Oh, your network is your net worth. Your net worth is your network. A hundred percent. That's the most important place I want to be putting uh, and investing my time and money. Uh, but, but again, when you sit down and write, okay, here's my values, my family, my friends, um, my health, uh, you know, my spouse, God, whatever it is that you list in your let's say top 10 list of values. Unfortunately, even for myself, when you go through that list and say, well, my family, my spouse or God is number one, but then you really look at how you're spending and investing your time. Usually those things at the top of the list end up on the bottom of the list of where you spend your time. You know, even mm -hmm. me today, even though I know what's important to me. So it takes yeah. daily practice to look at, whoa, you know, this is important to me. Like I'm after this interview, I'm dropping everything to go help my daughter move into her house. You know, like that's uh -huh. important, and uh, and everything else can get put aside. But it's easy to forget that. So yeah, it's a daily practice. Yeah, but I, I do want to say that you know, like with my family growing up, we would go on vacation camping. You know, and we would go to Yosemite, and mm -hmm. my dad had a, a little trailer and you know uh, we would we would go and and cook dinner by the river and I'm telling you those vacations were fabulous the vacations that our kids remember the most are those 
little camping trips. When we started yeah. to make more money and started to take them to exotic places like Hawaii and Europe, that was fun too, no doubt. It was wonderful. Uh-huh. But the time that we had when we were just on camping trips and the kids were just getting dirty and were playing in the water and there was just nothing else to do, those are actually the vacations they remember and cherish the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... That's incredible. Mm -hmm. We get driven towards the finances because whatever that reason was for us, whether we didn't have it, we had that lack or maybe we grew up with it and we think that we we have to have it to be happy. But it's when you actually go back to that core is is where that happiness comes from. So so I I gave a great little introduction. I mean, you're doing a lot of stuff, Kathy. So it's really hard to put that into, you know, two (laughs) sentences. But what is it that you're really excited about that you're working on these days? Kind of where's your primary focus and uh, how do you help people in the world? My primary focus since I started Real Wealth Network about uh, 16 years ago, feeling feeling old, mm. just saying that out loud, because uh, some That's of the people incredible. that are that are interviewing me these days <laughs> don't look older than 16 at this point. <laughs> so, no, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm one of the old wise people in the business now. Uh, but when and thank when we, goodness for that, <laughs> you know, we need people to light the trail for us so we can follow behind and try to avoid some of those potholes. Thank you. It, it is funny because you know, 16 years ago, I I was the one interviewing uh, the experts and bringing them on and trying to learn, um, trying tr- trying to get that information that few people have, and that really is how do you build real long term wealth and passive income? You don't really learn uh-huh. it very many places. Um, so it, it, that was my mission was to understand that and interview people. That is still my mission today because yeah. I do know a lot and I have a lot of experience, but it's really only about 20 years experience. I I love to still interview people who have 30 and 40 years experience who are way beyond where I am and and where I can get more information from them. Or they just have... uh, like degrees or the ability to interpret data in a way that I I don't know how. So it's still my passion to get information from the experts and disperse that to the rest of us. And I I seem to have the gift of of simplifying the complicated. So that's that's what I love to continue doing is learning from the experts and then, you know, digesting that in a way that can be easier for for the masses to understand. So the network is really, you're going out there and you're finding all this great information. You're helping kind of guide people down the path to figure out whatever type of real estate investing uh, that they're interested in doing. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, uh, for example, we're building a resort in Costa Rica that's like an eco-friendly resort. We did a syndication on it. It's a 506C, so I can talk about it publicly. Um, Mm -hmm. It is... uh, it's just a dream to be able to create a community and a residential community in Costa Rica that's all living buildings. These buildings give to the earth. They don't take. Um, we're growing all the food. We planted 10,000 fruit trees and, veg- wow. and um, avocado trees and cacao and coconut. And, and there's a, a school on the you know, on the property and a resort on the property. It's just, it's just a really cool concept. Um, but it's, you know, a lot of new information. There's constant, constant learning about this because it's cutting edge, uh, because permaculture is cutting edge, creating an, a, a, a whole community is something new to me. So I am constantly learning 
from advisors, like, how do we do this? How do we do this? And I was on the on a call for three hours this morning with my attorney, um, you know, making sure. So it, it's like a never ending process of learning and then sharing that learning with our investors at Real Wealth Network and, yeah. and with the public. Yeah. Well, so I know a little bit about your your background and that you you know you're working in in close to the personal development space and you're mm-hmm. helping coach and train people and kind of getting over some of those limiting beliefs. How how do you recommend that people do that when they're they're thinking, hey, I've got this dream, I've got this goal, I figured out my purpose, I figured out where I want to go and why I want to go there. How do they get over that hump of believing that they can actually do it? Because I think that holds so many people back. Oh my gosh. Well, I can tell you it starts with um, clarity. Like knowledge mm-hmm. is the very first place to start. And and one question I ask people, again, we already kind of talked about it, but the first question I ask is, what do you want? And I can't tell uh, you how many times that stumps people. <laughs> they have like no idea. Yeah. No, one, never, no one ever asked them. They never thought about it. But that is a great place. Just what do I want? What do I want this year? What do I want Next year, what do I want in 10 years? I sat down mm. one of my daughter's best friends. I call her my my third daughter because I just love her. And uh, she said she made <laughs> some kind of comment about, oh, she was going on a date, but all guys are stupid or something like that. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, honey, yeah. listen. If you have that in your head, then yeah, you're going to meet a lot of stupid guys. So let's sit down and write out exactly what you want. And we did. And it, it just like it shifts the energy and what we believe is possible. And especially when you write it out and put pictures with it and put it on the wall, um, that's when the magic happens. So starting with what do I want, stating it publicly, posting it, looking at it daily. And then that starts you talking to people about it and learning about it. Um, So if we were just to take that to real estate, it'd be like, hmm, you know, I want to own a property or I want to own an apartment or a portfolio or whatever. Um, Yeah. You know, the first step would be to just to really clarify what that would look like. And then you can start educating yourself. You can start reading uh-huh. books. Like in the case of my daughter's friend, she could start reading relationship books, um, you know, or how she can be more attractive to the kind of guy she's trying to get. What, whatever it is, getting that information um, with real estate, it's like, what is... What does a pro forma look like? Uh, you know, what are the what are the steps I need to take to get to this goal? Um, so that's that's it. First, getting clear, stating it publicly, and then having you know beginning to create the steps that will get you there. Well, just doing those things right there is going to build momentum. So mm-hmm. for all the listeners yeah. that are hearing this and you're thinking, you know, I've started down that path and then something's always held me back. And usually yeah. it's because you didn't get enough momentum. You kind of started the thing rolling, but you got to kind of have that next step in front of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really appreciate you kind of sharing that with us because I think at the end of the day, clarity is what drives everything. If you're not clear on yeah. what you want, it's pretty hard to get there. Well, and then what will happen oftentimes is there is a deeper belief that thinks maybe we don't deserve it or can't get it. And Uh so it's almost better to not want it and not try for it. That's that's often where we go as humans because we don't want to fail. So I had to, before becoming a, a real estate, I guess, uh, I don't know how to say it. We, we own a lot of real estate holdings now. Yeah. 20 years ago, I couldn't see that. That wasn't in my consciousness. I was, I was very much in a lack kind of consciousness. So I had to shift 
what was true for me. Because like I said, I grew up in a beautiful family, but we didn't understand money. And my dad uh-huh. wasn't the greatest investor. I love him. He's in heaven. He's hearing me now, but um, he was not the greatest investor. So I didn't know money. And and it it was something foreign to me and almost like not okay for me to have in my uh-huh. consciousness. So I literally had to, I started listening to tapes that would help me visualize myself as wealthy. And I can tell you uh-huh. the first time I would listen to those, I rejected the thought of it. Yeah. When I would really go into that and I'd really go in and visualize, it was kind of like when I was an ice skater, my coach would say, you've got to sit down and picture yourself doing the routine perfectly right before a competition. Like you go through it in your mind and you watch it over and over again as if it's perfect. Well, I would try to do that as a wealthy person and see myself and there would uh-huh. be all these objections that would come up. And yeah. that's how I knew like I couldn't see it on an unconscious level. It, it, there was something telling me it wasn't okay. And as I started to explore, well, what is, what was that? You know, what was, was that fear? Uh-huh. And then it would kind of come up. Yeah. Yeah. That fear might be, oh, maybe, maybe your friends are only going to like you because you have money. It's like, oh, okay. Ooh. Well, mm, I wonder how I deal with that. And guess what? I attracted without even trying an extremely wealthy friend. And that friend mirrored to me that fear because I remember kind of I was like starting a new business and I knew she was a multimillionaire and I kind of went to her and said, would you be interested in investing in my business? You know, we, we often do that when we see a wealthy person. It's like, oh, they got money uh-huh. and I need it. I'm going to ask them for it. And, and, um, and so, you know, I was like, I did that. I said, I've got this new business and I need $10,000. And she looked at me and she said with, the, with so much love, she said, I don't do business with friends. If, if you want to be my friend, we will never talk about business. And I just wow. thought, oh, thank you. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. she demonstrated to me that, that that's not a fear I had to have anymore. I could have boundaries around money. It was like, oh, freedom. I can have as much money as I want and just know who my friends are and who they're not by that basic yeah. line, you know? And then the next Absolutely. thing might have been, oh, you know, it's not spiritual to have money. You know, whatever these things mm-hmm. were that were stopping me from having it, I had to identify them. And I would find those through my meditations and visualizations because it would be loud and clear mm-hmm. and stop me at it from it. Another one, yeah, spiritual. So then guess what? I encounter a person who is extremely wealthy, extremely spiritual, and using that money for very good things. Again, mm. shifted the brain. Oh, I can have money and I can do good things with it. And you know, so you could kind of one by one eliminate the things that are keeping you from having what you want. You started having those new experiences, which proved mm-hmm. out that those new beliefs were really something that you could believe in, that, that yeah. they, they are working. Yep. So you were just continuously challenging and changing your mindset, um, which I think is really powerful and, and everyone really needs to do. You've been mm-hmm. doing this a long time and you mentioned it, that you, know, you look back and you talk to the young folks out there and you're thinking, hey, well, you know, I've got all this experience, I've got all this wisdom. How do you keep challenging yourself today so that you can keep growing the same way you did when you were just getting started? <laughs> oh, in so many ways. I mean, you know, business-wise, like I said, I'm at a much higher level. We're, we're managing oh over 120 million in, in projects alone, other people's money. There's wow. a lot of pressure. Um, we we have subdivisions we're building all in. Reno and Park City and Tampa and Costa Rica and mm-hmm. investors are are trusting us with their money and their retirement. So I am always learning. I've, I've learned lately that 
uh, to be in this position, I have to have the very best advisors, the very best. And uh-huh. it's worth paying for them because yeah. I am responsible for this money that, you know, people are investing in, in our, in our syndications. So all uh, that's on the professional, on the personal, uh, I've been married 22 years now. And, um, but a lot of people think, you know, you get married and then 22 years later or 30 or 40 years later, it's just going to be great. You know, uh-huh. uh, it takes as much investment, if not more, and energy and time um, to create a happy marriage as it does with anything else. Like you have got to invest in it. So Rich and I just went on a date last night. He surprised me uh, 22 years married and he's still surprising me with dates. We went to a really fun comedy club and he took me to an amazing dinner. Um, and we still do counseling, even if we, whether we need it or not, you know, we, we invest in that. We've, we've, we go on honeymoons and, uh, but, but the most important thing, you know, consistently learning how to be a better partner. He, he's reading this amazing book called uh, The Way of the Superior Man. And it's all about how uh-huh. to be a, in a great relationship with a woman. It's, it's a really good book. I recommend it to any man if you want to spice up your, your relationship. Um, and I'm, you know, we're, so we're constantly growing it. Same with the kids. I've got uh, grown kids, a 20-year-old and a 27-year-old. Well, the 27-year-old's pregnant um, so this is a whole new phase. Oh my gosh, how do I be a grandma? Mm-hmm. You know, how do I do this? So it's not like yeah. I'm I, I'm not going to guess anymore. I, I guessed yeah. a lot in my first investments, in my first relationships. Like I'll just figure it out. I'll just know how. No, it doesn't. No, <laughs> like really get the best advice, invest yeah. in it, and and make it great. Don't just pattern after what you learned growing up. Uh huh. Well, I, I appreciate that, and there's so many uh, there's so many lines I want to go down that you just uh, you just throw in the water there. Um, but just looking at the money one, right? So I know I have limiting beliefs about money, and I keep doing the same kind of thing you're talking about and kind of getting rid of them. Um, you're dealing with 120 million dollars of development, and that's mm-hmm. other people's money, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Maybe you feel like you're the best financial person, you're the best numbers person, but I don't always feel like that person, <laughs> and I. And it scares me to think yeah. that like I'm out here going out, putting together deals, and I'm fairly confident what we're doing, but sometimes I feel like I'm gonna drop the ball. Like how yeah. do you how do you get over that when you're dealing with such huge numbers where a little bit of percentage goes a long way? Yeah, I mean, some of the first deals I you know, they didn't work out as well. Uh, I had to go to my investors and and uh let them know that uh, you know it's it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing when you're starting out. So one of the, like I said, when I started this, I was really relying on information from the giants, from people who had been there before me. And, uh-huh. um, you know, because how could I possibly jump into something and understand it the way someone who's been in it for 30 years understands it? So I always, from day one, surrounded myself with advisors, that people mm-hmm. that I could give them something, like I could give them an interview on my podcast, kind of like you're doing. Um, but uh-huh. with that, I could get advice, you know, and, and mm-hmm. surround myself with people who are willing to help me. And that's how yeah. it is still today. When we are doing these subdivisions, I'm not bringing in someone who's building homes for the first time. I mean, these yeah. these partners of ours have been doing it for 30 or 40 years. And I'm not bringing in um, my 
my cousin who does you know does accounting work i'm bringing in the highest level accounting firm because you know i don't know numbers wow. either but i'm going to bring in yeah. the people who do and the best people who do and and the same with the asset protection like i'm not just going to bring in some attorney who's you know just recently been licensed in real estate i'm going to bring in uh-huh. the best syndication attorney and the best real yeah. estate now these people don't aren't cheap you know, but that just has yeah. to be part of the deal. When we write up the numbers, mm-hmm. this there's a large chunk that's set aside for accounting and legal and and support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you don't have that doesn't have to come out of pocket, but it does have yeah. to. the 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 project needs to be lucrative enough that you can afford to hire the best. So all those people who feel like they have some kind of limitation. Really, the takeaway here is that you can fill that limitation with some some great advisors. And how do you go about finding the great people? Because you know, you go to some event and you talk to somebody, and people sound yeah. good, yeah, and then they don't really deliver. Well, listen, you can go and learn and make mistakes all you, all day long if it's your own money. Um, exactly. But the, you know, and that's what you should be doing. You know, like go out and learn and you know try things out on a small deal, and and then you start to test your network. Um, or you know these advisors. I had some really poor advisors in the beginning. I had an attorney that, you know, he just he was too busy, or he didn't specialize in that mm-hmm. thing. So, uh, you know, again, if you're if you're using your own money, then you can afford to make a few mistakes. When you're use, when you're raising other people's money, then you've just got to make sure you understand the deal inside and out. And if you yeah. don't, that you've got somebody on your team who does. And that that you know that that person has maybe worked with these advisors before successfully, yeah. um, and that's you know that's kind of how we found our our current attorney and our current CPA firm. Uh, the somebody else who's done a lot of successful syndications recommended their attorney. You know, so yeah, referral is is great, but get only take your referrals from people who deserve to give them to you know who have a, a yeah. track record. Only listen to the folks who have actually done what you're asking for yes. that referral. Exactly, I think that uh, that's really strong. So people don't have to feel like they can't get started, especially when they're working with other people's money. They just need okay. need to make sure that they have the right frameworks in place that they're going to be able to deliver on their promises, right? Yeah, and that's why at Real Wealth Network, like we help, we're helping people build a passive income portfolio. And um, and I, you know, a lot of people out there saying, you know, go out and get an apartment, your first deal or whatever. I mean, that's that's a lot to ask of someone to, you yeah. know, just from go from zero to a hundred like overnight. I yeah. I just I always tell people just get a few single family rentals or one to four units. Mm-hmm. Just start small. There's so much to learn just in that process, and then you become a landlord, and then you learn, um, you know, the financing process and the inspection yeah. process and the appraisal process, and go down the checklist and just you know working with property managers. That's you know just get your feet wet. And and then you can move up to the apartments. But a lot of people are saying, oh, no, 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 it's just as easy to get an apartment as it is a single family. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. There's a lot to it. So, you know, again, I, I that would be my advice. And that's what we're helping people with every day. It's just, you know, let's help you get that first investment property. Maybe it's just a single family property in in Houston. That's, that's great. The learning curve on that is going to be enormous. Then your next one can maybe be a four unit and then an eight unit and and then and so forth. So don't feel like you have to take a giant leap. Well, and you're really building that little feedback loop where you're able to, I'm going to try this thing out. I'm going to get into the game. I'm going to experience it. I'm going to see that it worked or it didn't work. And I'm going to understand why rather than just going real big. Yeah. Um, so I, I think you touched on something a few minutes ago and it's really important. And I don't think enough people 
really dig into it, especially in our space. And it's that you have this amazing foundation, this incredible family around mm-hmm. you. You have this, you know, supporting home of mm-hmm. loving people that that you get to share all these moments with. Like yeah. you've been married for a really long time. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I always love to look at models. What advice would you give somebody who or advice you would give to yourself earlier on in your life about what it takes to, you know, make it 22 years and make it great? <laughs> um, you know, I I have a great partner. <laughs> I'm just the best husband. Uh, but one of the things that he's constantly saying is when we get better, everything else gets better. And I, I think I just learned from him. I think I kind of knew it anyway, but, um, you know, again, the better we get, the more attractive we become, the more people love us and the more we love uh-huh. ourselves. So really working on self-improvement, like, mm-hmm. you know, what can I do to be a better human? What can I do to, um, you know, make, get feedback from others? Like, you know, how do I, how do you perceive me? And um, how do you think I could grow? Uh, you know, opening up the lines of communication with people, but again, just really taking yourself on, um, and, and and asking how I can grow. The, the people who I think struggle the most are those who are just not willing to look at themselves. So always be willing to look at yourself. And from there, when you do any kind of personal growth, one of the first things you're going to learn is personal responsibility. Mm. So when you understand that your life is a complete reflection of choices you've made, not somebody else or what somebody else did to you or that uh-huh. that every where you are today is a direct result of choices you've made. That sounds difficult because a lot of people might say I didn't choose this breakup or this uh-huh. terrible thing that happened to me. Um but when you can sort of flip it around to I'm in charge of how mm-hmm. I deal with it. I've chosen to forgive that person or I've chosen yeah. um, to take these steps forward. Then the whole world changes to um, no, you're in control. You're in yeah. control. And that means if you're in control, you can do anything. So yeah, just kind of coming that- back to personal responsibility. Every thought I have creates my future. So I better control my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, especially for an amazing relationship and for an amazing business, and yeah. it's so clear why you've you've hit success by my definition. But what I'm really curious: is how do you define success? What is success mm. to you? You know, it's it is a struggle I've had of being confused about it because um, you know when we built a multi-million dollar portfolio and then lost it and then built it back even bigger. You know, a lot of times when people ask me that, I'll, I'll be like, hey, look at us. We have 42,000 investors. We we're managing, you know, all this stuff. It's amazing. Aren't I successful? Mm-hmm. You know, when when the when the fires hit Malibu and we in one evening thought, oh my gosh, there it all goes. You know, our house, yeah. we we're, we're, you know, everything in it is gone just like that. There was this moment of realization of, wow, you know, that's actually okay. I don't think I'm even going to miss it. You know, it's not about any of that. So true success. I mean, I was with my husband. Uh, My family was safe. We were healthy. That's all that matters. That's all that matters in that moment where once again, we thought, oh boy, we just lost everything. Now it was insured, but it's still weird to not have any, you know, have a home. Um, Our home survived the fire. It was a miracle. It was 
burned all around it, but I wish you could see out the window. I'm looking at just lush, you know, beautiful green, you know, trees and flowers. Like it burned all around, but not our property, which is amazing. But there was a moment where we just really didn't know and it didn't matter because that's not where we were investing our heart. It's, it's, um, investing in the things that matter most, which is for me, my, my husband, my children, my family, um, our employees, even more mm-hmm. than the business. You know, the business is great, but it's the employees I care about the most and then the, our investors yeah. that I just love. So, uh, so how I define success is, am I truly happy and am I truly proud of who I am and the impact I've made in this world? And if I asked you, I think I know the answer, but do you feel like you've uh, you're there? Do you feel like you're successful? I feel like I'm always a work in progress. <laughs> but yes, I'm very proud of the fact that I have two daughters that tell me everything. Like sometimes I have to put my fingers uh-huh. in my ears and say I don't want to hear it. Yeah. That's too much for mama. But um but they, you know, they they tell me everything and they consider me to be their best friend in a world where a lot of their friends don't tell their parents anything and they're not close at all. So that's heartbreaking to me. I can't imagine raising children that aren't my best friends and, and that I'm best friends with my husband. I guess I got a lot of best friends, but you know, these it's like, it's good. That feels good. That feels like success to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a typical achiever, right? You've got, (laughs) you've got this incredible life and you're like, I'm successful, but I'm still, there's always a little bit more, right? There's always a little more. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm really trying to, to to keep with this diet and that has not worked. So working on that right now. <laughs> right, we all run into that. We all run into that. Well, well, speaking of, so what are some of your keystone habits, the things you do on a daily or weekly basis that help you live a great life? Well, normally a really intense workout on a daily, at least five times a week is the way I handle stress. And I have not mm-hmm. been as consistent with that. And that's, I feel the effect. I feel, I feel things more and, um, and I feel more stress. So I know I am at my best when I'm really working out. And I don't mean just a little workout. I mean, a, like an intense one. And then yeah. uh, my, you know, waking up with no social, no phone, no nothing, just, just me in the morning and quietness and meditation and prayer and great gratitude, some yoga. Like I said, the, the good hard workout, calling a, a person I love at least once a day. I'm going through my list of people I love and letting them know I'm thinking of them. Um, that's, that's, those are the things. Oh, and then eating well. When I eat clean mm-hmm. and um, good, good, healthy food, it's like a game changer for me and not too much alcohol. It's just the problem is I'm out so much and I wind and dined a lot these days. And mm-hmm. so it takes a lot of um, self control. And th- that's something that I've seen a lot with um, people who really attain a certain level of financial success. You have more thrown at you. It's, it's yeah. just a bigger game. Like, if you have ever struggled with a diet, wait till you have money. You're going to have your choice of yeah. food, you know? So uh, it's it's really great to make sure you understand your limit, I guess your boundaries and and um, and have the discipline before you have money. Because when you have money, <laughs> then, you know, it's, it, it just makes it a little more intense. There's just more at your disposal. Well, I've just written down a list of things to make sure that I'm doing on a daily basis so that I can be <laughs> successful like Kathy. So thank you so much for that. And hopefully all the listeners took took a moment and took something in right there. So we made it to my favorite part of the show, the growth rapid fire round, where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So tell us, what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? 
A book that really helped change my mindset was The Science of Getting Rich. Really good. Mm. I left I, that shifted everything for me. And what was it about that book that made that shift? Um, I think it was this the belief that or like a, a different way, a different perspective on money, and that um, when I had thought it was the root of all evil, I learned from that book that it really it's just a an energy. It's just something you can direct. So it's money is not evil or good or anything. It's what you do with it. So if you have five million dollars, if you say money mm-hmm. is evil. And someone wants to hand you five. No, first of all, no one's ever going to give you money, or you're never going to attract it with that kind of thinking. But uh-huh. if if there was five million dollars and like you wouldn't be able to put that to good use, I know I would. I, I yeah. mean, we're we have twenty employees. That's twenty families that we're supporting. That's good, and and we yeah. have uh, four charities we we give to. That I mean, I think just in Operation Smile alone, we've we've given children about six hundred children a whole new start in life. You know, yeah. so there are great things you can do with money. But I couldn't see that before. Yeah, that yeah. that belief holds a lot of people back from great things. So yeah. I, it sounds like one I've, I've got to take a listen to. So from <laughs> an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors, the people that you learned from or looked up to, and how did they influence your career in life? Yeah, uh, I, w- I mean, Robert Kiyosaki, of course, everyone says, and he did help mm-hmm. me with his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But um, I think it was actually a... a a friend of my dad's who his name was Stan and Stan just lived the coolest life. He and his wife, he, he just hadn't, he was very wealthy and unabashedly wealthy. And my dad just kind of idolized him. And for good reason. I mean, he and his wife would um, spend three months in Italy learning to cook. And then they'd spend three months at their you know house in Hawaii. And, uh, but, but at the same time, his businesses were really helping a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I think that was implanted at a young age of, okay, there's a cool person doing great things. So when, when you have any doubt about what money can do for people, look for evidence of good people, you know, people that are doing good things with money. Cause it's very easy to look at the bad, you know, the people who are mm-hmm. awful, but don't do that. Don't put your attention there. Put it on the people that are doing great things. And yeah. that's why going to real estate investment groups or, you know, RIAs are good. Cause there's often people in the room that are, are doing great things in this world and you can model yourself after them. Yeah. I found the same thing. Mm-hmm. So from a purpose standpoint, tell us what drives you to live your best life every day. Uh, you know, I, I guess on a more spiritual note, I I do believe that you know there's an afterlife, and I'll, I'll be held accountable for my actions. And whether I'm right or wrong, I, I don't know. I won't know till I'm there. But um, yeah. But I want to know that I did a uh, that I made a difference. Well, I can tell you, Kathy, you're making a difference in my life, and I'm sure mm-hmm. so many other people. So thank you for doing what you do, um, you. and thanks for being on the show with us today. So where can people find out more about you and get in touch? realwealthnetwork.com is our website real as in real estate wealth as in your money and network as in your network and so realwealthnetwork.com and I also have the real wealth show which is a podcast where I interview experts and real estate news is a podcast I have with it's a seven minute a day news story that kind of keeps you on top of what's going on I will link to all of that in the show notes, guys. Definitely check this stuff out. Kathy is amazing, and there's only more to learn from her the more that uh, we can listen. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club. 
where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 